0: So the mistakes are much more expensive when you're ultra wealthy and your time is even more precious because everybody is pitching you something. Everyone wants your time. Everyone wants access to you. So there's this weird uh, dynamism where like, you know, everyone wants more of your time and every little mistake costs you a lot of money. So you need to have, you know, people talking to each other, you know, someone who's just hiding net worth, they might talk to their insurance agent and then the next quarter talk to their CPA And then every month talk to their wealth manager, but maybe none of those people actually talk to each other. Mm -hmm. So that's the plan of a family office, do things more holistically.
1: We have the best listeners on the planet. Thank you for being one of them. This is Manny Perez from Blue Spruce Holdings to remind you that one, as always, if you like this content, please stop by iTunes and show us some love. And two, if you are struggling with finding deals that make sense in this market, Blue Spruce has solid opportunities for accredited investors. Find out more by following the link in today's show notes. Enjoy the podcast. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams, and today I'm joined with a giant in the industry of family office. So this guy's name is Richard Wilson, and he runs the Wilson Conference. Uh, they have thousands of investors that go to each of these events in Miami, London, New York City, and some other areas. Actually, my my team's been to a couple of your conferences as well. Not me personally, but Manny has and Brad has. So uh, cool. we really appreciate what you're doing for the community, allowing family office um, families to be able to start a family office and share their money with a lot of, you know, startups and apartment investors and other uh, types of real estate investing. Tell us a little bit about why you started the Family Office Club back in 2007.
0: Sure. Uh, In short, it was just to arbitrage the inefficiency in the space. You know, it was so bizarre to me that there's all these experts on the stock market or in wealth management, but then the most valuable niche of wealth management are serving the ultra wealthy. And then no one was being helpful to me at all. So at first I was just sharing what I was learning online to teach myself. But then very quickly I learned that I was kind of the one eyed man in the land of the blind and after two or three years of doing so and speaking at a hundred plus conferences in a dozen countries, I had met with more family offices than most people, even if they ran a family office themselves. So I kind of just like fell into the position through just seeing that no one else was being a helpful trail guide in the, in the space. And uh, now the industry is bigger and it's more competitive, but uh, you know, a decade ago, that was pretty rare.
1: Okay. So what is, what's the main service that you provide when you're helping these families get these offices started? What, what does that do for them?
0: Sure. Uh, well, we really only work with families uh, in two ways. We help them create their family office from scratch uh, and help put in the service providers, the foundation, the dashboard, define their strike zone of what they want to invest in. And then the only second way we help them is through sourcing direct investment deal flow. So uh, we have 5,000 people a year that come to our family office club events. And out of those, we can help sort through the people at the events and who talk to us about coming to find great deal flow that wouldn't be possible by going to some exchange or platform or website portal. Uh, These are real dynamic, you know, operating businesses and real estate assets. So they might not be available a month later, And uh, importantly, if it's on a platform, then it's less valuable to a family office because that means a lot of eyeballs are on it and it's like an auction situation. So everyone thinks it's the magical realization to create a platform and that's going to change the world. But, you know, there's 140 real estate crowdfunding platforms out there and, you know, most of them are going to go by the wayside, I think, for that reason.
1: Okay. So let me ask you a couple questions. Um, First, I want... We're going to eventually need to define a family office because there's probably a few people that don't know what it is. Um, But who's invited to go to the Wilson Conference? Do you have to be a multimillionaire to go there?
0: Uh, No. Basically, if you qualify as a family office, then you're able to come at no cost and speak at no cost. But uh, if you're raising capital for something or if you're an investment firm of some type, uh, then we host 15 events a year and um, it's just $300 a month, and it's a month-to-month membership, so you can come to one event, or most people come to one, and they really enjoy it and see the value, and then they come to a capital raising workshop or one of our big annual events, et cetera. So it's really just a, a membership model, and we've got hundreds of members in there that you know, love coming and hearing from the investors at each event.
1: Okay, thank you, so what is a family office?
0: Sure, so it's basically a more holistic, full balance sheet wealth management solution for the ultra wealthy. And it exists because if you're only worth $1 million and you lose 5% of your net worth, it's only $50,000. But if you lose 5% of your net worth and you're worth $100 million because of one mistake, that could have been avoided, a regulatory mistake, a tax mistake, selling an asset too early, too late, et cetera, then you could have paid for a full-time team for two full years to protect you in many other ways, reach more upsides, protect downsides, reduce chaos out of your life. So the mistakes are much more expensive when you're ultra wealthy and your time is even more precious because everybody is pitching you something. Everyone wants your time. Everyone wants access to you. So there's this weird uh, dynamism where like, you know, everyone wants more of your time and every little mistake costs you a lot of money. So you need to have, you know, people talking to each other. You know, someone who's just hiding net worth, they might talk to their insurance agent and then the next quarter talk to their CPA and then every month, talk to their wealth manager, but maybe none of those people actually talk to each other. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan of a family office, do things more holistically.
1: Okay. So let's talk about the family office team in general. So when you're starting these from scratch for somebody whose net worth is, let's say $20 million, um mm-hmm. what, what kind of team are you building for that person, that individual?
0: Um, at a $20 million point, we're typically trying to find someone who can part-time or full-time, uh, overlook the assets. Typically people have an operating business that is deploying some of their capital and they're acquiring, acquiring competitors or more real estate assets at that level. And they're still growing the thing that created that $20 million of net worth. But realistically it's getting family office quality service providers in place to make it so that they can survive with just one staff member. You know, once you get to like $100 million and you could afford maybe two to four staff members and then family office quality service providers, and as the number goes up, you can afford, if you want to, to have more internal resources. Um, But it's just a decision of what percentage of your net worth you want to spend each year on that team that protects you and helps you invest.
1: Okay. What what would be the difference in, um, well, first, before I talk about single family versus multi-family offices. Um, what would be the smallest amount of net worth that you would help them get one started? In? And, and what's maybe the largest liquidity that you've seen or largest net worth that you've worked with?
0: Sure. So um, at 8 to $10 million, somebody could join a multifamily office mm-hmm. and we wouldn't help them set up their own, but we could help them navigate. We know multifamily offices globally in probably 50 different cities that have met with face-to-face. So we'd be happy to Help somebody navigate that decision-making progress uh, process. You know, at ten million plus, at mm-hmm. twenty to thirty million, they could create their own uh, virtual family office structure, mm-hmm. and um, we'd be happy to help them with that. We've got out of our twenty-six or seven clients under contract right now, we've got four that are under a hundred million net worth, we've got five that are over one billion, and then we have one sovereign uh, wealth group that we're just starting to work with. Um, but most of our clients, you know, 90% of them are really the hundred million to 1 billion range. And a lot of those are the two to 400 million, uh, net worth families and mostly first generation are the ones that we represent.
1: Okay. So just to kind of recap. So when we talk about a multifamily office, we're not talking about an office of multifamily investors like I'm used to there. It's just, you're joining a few different families into one. And that kind of starts, you said, when they're around to $8 million net worth, they'll kind of have a few different families working with the same, uh, the same team. Is that right?
0: Right, right. So a single family office would be if you sold your real estate portfolio for $200 million and you want something just for you and your family. So say you want to go out and only invest in stem cells and self-storage. You can build a team that just does what you want to do and you manage every single person, hire, fire, whoever you want which is totally different than going to a multifamily office where they have their own infrastructure, their own team. And you're saying, Hey, look, I'm worth, you know, 40 million. Will you manage 20 million of that? I'm still going to play around with my stem cell and self storage stuff with, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 million each, but I want you to manage this other 20 million and help me diversify it. And they might have 200 clients that are worth 40 million. Or they might have only three clients that are worth a hundred million. It just depends on the multifamily office, but it's their infrastructure, and they're helping manage your assets versus doing it all in-house.
1: Okay, and then graduating from the multifamily office would be a a virtual single-family office. Where, what's what is? Can you just, I guess, explain a little bit more about what the virtual is going to mean?
0: Sure. Basically there's some people that even if they're worth a hundred million or one family I meant, they were worth eight hundred million. They just had one person running their virtual family office. It just means like a very lean structure where you're literally outsourcing everything mm-hmm. except for what is truly your unique value add in the economy, probably the way that your family created its wealth. Maybe you still do that internally, but even with that, you use service providers all around you, so you're only executing on that one piece. So you can truly do better than anyone else, uh, you know, in business, basically, or in your niche. So it's just an extreme form of uh, making sure you have all the best service providers all around you, so that your operating costs are low and you can be very agile.
1: Okay, okay. Um, what would you say when we're when we got back and we were looking at the deal flow, and you were saying that you know it costs three hundred a month for a membership to be a part of being able to go to the Wilson Conference. And there's gonna be people like me who are, you know, raising private capital for deals like, you know, larger multifamily deals. What would you say to me if I wanted to, you know, pitch a deal to somebody who, you know, is worth a hundred million dollars and trying to bring them in on a multifamily deal? What would I say? Sure,
0: sure. Um, Well, I've got an 80 page answer uh, to that (laughs) Uh, and it's free. Uh, It's nothing for sale. And uh, on capitalraising.com, we just give away a book and it's like a five-step system for how to raise capital in a more proactive way. Instead of just like reaching out to a Rolodex cold or reaching out to leads that are kind of cold. And we just went through this in in Mayfair, London uh, on Friday last week. I did a workshop there and we've done uh, eight of these workshops this year. We record it for the member portal, but essentially it's a hundred slides is my other version of the answer. And it's a seven hour workshop where I get up there and go through the hundred slides on how to raise capital more effectively. But essentially, if I narrow down the seven hours into just a couple sentences, I think the most important thing is to realize that investors are going up the learning curve on three different things at the same time. It's like a trust curve. They have to understand your industry, your asset class, the ecosystem you're kind of you know operating in. They have to trust you, your leadership team, the people on the team, the professionals, their backgrounds. And then they also have to trust and know how you create value with your unique solution or your innovation or that, that exact property that they would be investing in through your independent sponsor model, whether it's a 200-plex you know, uh, garden-style apartment building or something else. They also have to trust and have knowledge in that. So what you want to do is look for people that already are up that trust curve uh, on one of those three, if not two of those three. That's why people start with friends and family, because they're already up the trust curve on you. Mm -hmm. Or people start with local investors, because they live around the block from the asset. Or maybe if you're buying an office building, they actually are a tenant of the asset. Because they're already up the trust curve on knowing the asset, backwards and forwards. All they have to do is get to know you. And you know, be aware of like what it's like to invest in an office park, what types of returns are normal, type of cap rates are normal, et cetera. And I think that if you don't build a relationship first, and if you don't respect the fact that people need to move up those three trust curves, then you fail. And a lot of people come to events and they say, "Oh, I've got this amazing deal," or "It's a twenty-five percent IRR," or "It's got these amazing characteristics to it." And there's nothing wrong with saying you have a great deal, but I think it sometimes it gets forgotten that like if you go to people who are living in Texas and they made their money in the energy space and you're trying to sell them a Singapore venture capital fund on high tech companies, it's going to be tough. You know, if they're based in Dubai and you're based in you know um, La Jolla, you know it's going to be hard for them to move up the trust curve on getting to know your team or to visit the asset in person. So it's uh it's very important to as many as much as possible to be uh, concentrating your energy on people that have already gone up one or two of those curves Mm -hmm. and to attract investors to you instead of chasing them all the time. So we spend a lot of time going about how to position yourself uniquely, say in one sentence, what makes you unique and attract investors to you instead of chasing them and going after all types of investors that focus on one type
1: okay i've making some notes one or two sentences and then i have a question for you here Uh the question is on the trust curves i want to make sure that i have good notes for the listeners Um, so one of them was that they need to trust the asset class right right or at
0: least at least understand it like basically all three of these curves require a certain gaining of knowledge, which should lead to trust, hopefully. They Mm -hmm. might find something out about your team they don't like and end up not trusting it. But without going up that curve, they don't know either way. So the first one is, you know, the industry or asset class itself, such as multifamily.
1: Okay. And then the second one was the people. It was the team, right?
0: Right, right. The CEO, quality of the team, the depth of the team. A lot of investors are afraid it's a one-man band. They might disappear with their money or what happens if you have a health issue. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And then what was the third one? Was that the plan or the location? I wasn't clear.
0: The third one is the actual uh, product or the actual solution. So it's not enough if someone really understands your 200 unit uh, apartment building. They have to also understand the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it's not enough to understand the industry as a whole. They got to look at the exact you know, deal and make sure that one property makes sense. They're not blindly throwing money at the industry. Um, so that's how it's different. Yeah.
1: Okay. And so you were talking about how, when you're doing your conference, you have all these, you know, seven hour, 100 slide workshop that basically teaches you how not to have to just go and say, Hey, I've got a great deal. Um, Mm -hmm. instead you teach people how to, um, attract the investors rather than chase them by saying one or two sentences. Are you able to kind of go over what those sentences might be to help the listeners?
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. There's, um, there's a saying in marketing that, you know, I'm sorry that my message is so long. I didn't have enough time to write something more concise. In other words, I'm sorry I was so lazy that I wrote you this long essay of why you should invest in my project. I was too lazy to get to know you, Mr. Family Office, read your website, read about what your priorities are and what you're looking to do and narrow it down for you and write one sentence on how we're unique compared to our competition and how we're relevant in your universe as a family office investor. So a lot of people just go around and they reach out cold with these long emails, like mm. they're trying to convince them to invest based on mm. one email. And then no one reads it because it's so long. Yep. The more important an investor is, the more sophisticated, the more deal flow they get, the less time they have to actually read something in depth that didn't come from a trusted referral. Mm. So need to do your homework on your competition and what investors want. And in combination of those two things, narrow it down to a single sentence on why you are relevant in their universe, or they're going to archive you with their thumb as they're walking to the train or onto the airplane and not think about you for another second. If yep. you're, and if you're not serious enough about your business to do that, like no one's going to take you more seriously than you take yourself. So mm-hmm. it's just a form of laziness just to throw up on an email, you know, 2,000 words of why you're an amazing investment firm. You know,
1: okay. so you would suggest first starting by researching your competition and seeing Mm -hmm. what they do and then research the family offices to see which ones are already um, going to accept what type of thing that you do. And then and then you would say go in a very concise way to show them how you're different from the competition with one or two sentences in an email. That basically might say, um, I don't know if this is completely relevant, but, but for instance, maybe I find a family office that's talking about uh, needing to worry more about cash flow than they worry about you know upside. So then sure. I'll go and research all the other apartment syndicators in the area, and I'll and I'll try to see, you know, all of these syndicators that are focused very much on uh, heavy value add, and then I would say. Here's how I'm different. I don't like value add. it's, it's, it's risky. It, you can't you know determine cash flow. Our focus is 100% on making sure that we have cash flow on day one. We'd like to talk with you and then kind of leave it at that or
0: Right. Something similar to that. I mean, I think the best way to engage is to meet face to face. So I would say something such as um, you know we work with uh, several family office investors currently you're visiting your website, doing some research on your firm, I think that our latest project, which is relatively close to where your office is based, could be of interest because of its uh, consistent you know, 9.5% cash flow and it's conservatively underwritten with a standard amount of uh, you know, agency debt on it. Um, I'm going to be down the street on Tuesday you know, at 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. I'd be happy to stop by for five minutes to put a face with a name. Uh, just to in- introduce myself. And that way it's a low risk request. You're not asking for an hour of their time on the phone. Yeah. You're not asking them to review an 80 page deck. And uh, hopefully you can, um, you know, explain in a sentence, you know, how you're relevant. I think that the problem is that if you don't know your competition well and you don't know what your specific investor set is seeking, then the way that you try to be unique might not be relevant or it might mm-hmm. actually hurt you. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people don't even go that far. They don't even try to be unique. Uh, they just write a lot, you know, and then we don't have time to read it. And I know this cause I represent family offices and sometimes I'm their front guy and I screen all their deals flow and bring them the best of the best deals that I get. And because of that, I just see the pitches that come in and most of them are very longly written and not customized at all. You know?
1: Yeah. Thanks for going through that. So sure. with the Wilson conference, uh, would you remind me, is that a three day conference?
0: Uh, It's usually a two full day uh, conference and we have cocktails, you know, the evening before, and um, we call it now the family office super summit. That's our big annual event. Uh, There's a thousand people there, 75 speakers on stage over the two days, including 55 family offices. But then we have 15 events a year, uh, different investor summits, capital raising workshops. And, you know, if you want to check those out, they're all at uh, familyoffices.com. We give away a free book there too. Uh, We kind of pride ourselves on we've given away more content and we consistently do give away more uh, than all of our competitors combined globally on the family office space. So uh, we're all about giving so much away for free that people get a benefit before they have to spend a dollar with us anyway, you know?
1: Yeah. When, okay, you said something like 78 different presenters over the two days? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so how how long are these presentations, and are they going uh, multiple presentations at the same time?
0: No, there's not There's not multiple streams. There's just okay. one stage. So okay. it's fast-moving, as you can imagine, to get all mm-hmm. those people on stage. So yeah. everyone just speaks for 10 minutes, and then there's a couple minutes for questions, like a TED Talk structure. Great. Um, and then we have discussion panels with uh, five to six people on each panel so that uh, the audience can ask them questions. We have some pre-scripted questions. And then we ask them in front of the audience, you know, what type of deal flow are you looking for? So that if anyone in the audience has something, they can reach out to them. And we, um, out of the f- 55 family offices that come to speak, we don't pay any of them a speaking fee. They come to get access to deal flow. Yep. So that's what makes the community kind of thrive is that they're motivated to be there to allocate. And the other people in the room are there to listen, learn, and to find a potential investor.
1: Okay, excellent. Uh, thank you very much. So. Uh, as i I was curious, do you to go to one of your family office events? <laughs> is there more than one way do you only have to be paying three hundred per month or is there a one time fee you could pay just to go to the event?
0: there's a one time fee we do um it's a two thousand dollars for one day to come to the family office events or the capital raising workshops it's a thousand dollars for
1: one day okay. And then what we were talking about earlier with your hundred-page, hundred-slide, um, seven-hour presentation—is mm-hmm. that something where we could? Is that going to be taught at every single one of your events? Like, will we be able? No, to that's
0: only that? the uh, that's only the capital raising boot camp. Okay. Um, but we've done eight of those this year. We'll do a couple more later in the year, and we have uh, a version of it recorded in the membership area. Uh, the other events are focused on featuring investors on stage, so you get to hear from the investors. And that's the reason why most people join, but a lot of people are surprised by the depth that we go to on the capital raising boot camps, and they get a lot of help from that, because there's really nowhere else to get straight education on capital raising, i found.
1: Okay, wonderful. Uh, I'm trying to think. So I haven't really used a family office yet. So you sure. had a, you had something where you kind of recommended what we would say was, we would say, I've worked with other family offices about this. What would you say to me if I said I wanted to pitch a family office for the first time before I ever did one? Right. Um,
0: I think that it's good to start local and someone you can build a relationship with. Mm-hmm. It's also, we had somebody from the um, corporate venture capital division of Intel speak at one of our events and he just suggested to ask for feedback, ask for advice, uh, instead of asking for capital and then someone might be more helpful and open versus like hardcore pitching them. Because if you ask for advice and they give you some, they might actually lean forward and say, well, actually it sounds like an amazing investment. Maybe I'll invest. Mm -hmm. So the reality is that you're not losing the chance for them to invest. You're just gaining their feedback. Plus Mm -hmm. you're still getting that chance that they'll invest.
1: Got it. Oh, perfect. Well, uh, with that said, do you have any other feedback or advice for the listeners before we let you go?
0: Um, I think just to flip the energy investment and um, instead of chasing investors, figure out how you can be surrounded by them and how you can position yourself so that they're finding you and coming to you consistently. Yeah. Because every piece of energy you invest in better positioning and them finding you, is going to pay off in dividends and reaching out cold to investors is pretty tough.
1: Perfect. And that website that you talked about earlier, it was it called capitalraising.com? Yep. Okay, pretty and simple. that's where we can yep. get that 80-page free uh, work worksheet to help us raise capital. Correct. And it's totally yep. free. Okay. Yep, totally Excellent. free. How yep. and then and then you said familyoffices.com was the main right. website. How else would people be able to get a hold of you or find your company?
0: I mean, if uh, since this is a podcast, I mean, if they love podcasts, we have one with a creative name called uh, the Family Office Podcast. So happy to uh, look us up there. We've got another free book on familyoffices.com. Besides our event calendar, you might want to download that book as well. If you're just getting started in the space, it could really help as kind of a trail guide resource for pointing you in the right direction.
1: Richard Wilson, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for adding so much value to the listeners. I encourage the listeners to look into going to the Wilson Conference. It is legitimate; thousand people there, um, and you definitely are meeting people with uh, you know h- huge high networks. Uh, earlier today, um, Richard was talking about how he has more. Th- he has five different people that are worth well over a billion dollars. So, definitely, I encourage you to find a way to get there. Again, thank you so much, and until next time think outside the box. Thanks, Sam. I'll be on an expert panel of apartment syndicators for a friend of mine, Rod Cleef, for a three-day multifamily event that he's putting on August 24th, 25th, and 26th. Rod Cleef, myself, and the other panelists are going to teach you everything you need to know so you can buy your first multifamily deal within the next 90 days. The sooner you RSVP, the cheaper it'll be. If you go right now, it's incredibly affordable. So hurry and RSVP. That link is in today's show notes. So scroll down right now and click. All right, guys, I'll see you in Chi-Town on August 24th through 26th. Thanks for listening. I hope you got value from this episode. Remember to stop by iTunes and share your feedback. Also, for accredited investors who are looking into multifamily, Blue Spruce has opportunities to work together where you can get cash flow, appreciation, and depreciation in year one. Assuming you're
0: interested, you will find a link in the show notes.